The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. The following episode has been brought to you by the Dorkening Podcast Network and is sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Three. And now, you're tuned in to the Navarro Miller Report, featuring the hottest in news, entertainment, sports, and all those topics for the mainstream audience. The Navarro Miller Report. Welcome, everyone, to the Navarro Miller Report. I'm your host, Dave Navarro. And I'm Jeremy Miller. And uh, Jeremy, why is it so hot? <laughs> oh well, let's not get political. Because <laughs> you know me, I'm gonna—I'll go off on the climate change thing. Well, what does the heat have to do with politics? He asked, like an idiot. <laughs> well, let me see. Half our country doesn't believe climate change is happening, even oh, though for we. Fuck's you know, sake, here we go. <laughs> so you know, that's my. That's your. That's your. That's your. I'm that's not getting into cents. it. That's your two cents for, for right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, want to welcome everybody uh, to uh, the Navarro Miller Report uh, right here on uh, the Dorkening Podcast Network. And um, what, first of all, I wanted to go ahead and open up by uh, wishing my condolences to the family of Tony Bennett. Uh, he passed away today at the age of 96 years old. I mean, he's a legend in the music industry. Uh, and, he, and for, according to sources, he was still performing still even up until, you know, uh, recently. Right. Well, I believe they said he was singing just a few days ago. I don't know if it was an actual performance, but just last year he performed with I cannot remember it was Carrie Underwood or somebody along those lines. He performed with a big musician and did a whole set and a whole show at an award show or something like that. So this man up until last year was still performing and that's pretty amazing. I mean, he was a legend. Yeah. And he will be missed by many people. I, lo I loved a lot of his music. Uh, his music was just very soothing. I love the collaborations he did with a lot of big names. Mm -hmm. uh, most recently, I think he did a collaboration with Lady Gaga was the most recent collaboration he did with a big name like that. And uh, I'm just, um, you know, I'm happy to see that he he had such a such an incredible career. Um, he seemed like such a solid, really genuine, very humble man. And uh, I mean, again, you know, the the entire entertainment community is very much mourning his loss today. Absolutely. So, uh, but, uh, you know, as, as, uh, you know, as things, as life happens, we have to keep on going and, uh, do the best we can to honor his memory. So, uh, we got some, uh, we got some other, uh, stuff to tack, ta I can't even talk to tackle today. I'm trying to like think at the same time. It is Friday after all. And I've had a long week. Don't do it. You don't do it well. I've had a long week in front of me. All right. Like I've had a long week with my radio show. Well, right? well, well. You know what? I just, I don't need this from you right now. I really don't. Nobody wants to hear your bitching. What I really need from you right now is to watch these TikTok videos. I'm about to go ahead and show you. <laughs> the first one actually has to do with a vato cholos, you know, that uh, these are how essays go ahead and treat their ladies. Go ahead. Check it out. Welcome to a day in the life with a cholo housewife. Time to prepare my queen's favorite, huevito con weenie. But enough about me, let's make her some breakfast. Let's tag up this pan, get the weenies in there, huevito, elbows up, side to side, scramble, and pour it in like a 40 for the last homies. Isas, a la salt bay, chale, salt vato, that food's cringy. Portillas, mira mano, she's almost ready. Pass. Time to get these nice and flat, like my nalgas. Don't look at me, little puppy, don't look at me. Hey, bovacha, look at me get down. Patty cake, patty cake, sas. Tortillas a mano, done. Just like my abo used to make. And now for the presentation. 
Hey, guacha, look at this form. Salsa. Huevito con weenies. Ass. Tortillas made a mano. Got you, nena. Don't want any stains on those work pants. Again. Oh, no flyaways on my watch. Just give it a little tease. Mmm, huele a herbal essence. Here it comes. First bite. Hey, give me a five star on Yelp. Nah, I'm just kidding. Oh, someone's got huevo on her face. I got you, chiquita. Disfruta, mi reina. That's too good for me. Now back to the kitchen where I belong. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good one. That one was awesome. I love him working in the lingo and everything. But honestly, if you know, I, I've had some hardcore Vato buddies. I mean, guys I've known a long time, man. And they are not, you know, not guys you'd want to mess with on the streets. They are tough. They don't take any shit. But I tell you right now, they get home to their <laughs> their woman. Woo, they know who's wearing the pants. Oh, yeah. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, because otherwise they'll get cut. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if you notice at the very end of, of that video, he says, now back to the kitchen where I belong. <laughs> yep, no, <laughs> the for the back. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. That one was great, A. Oh my god, I love that one. This next one actually has to do with, well, this guy got so angry, so angry that he actually became kind of polite, but to himself. I I I just just check it out. What the, what the fuck does this guy want? <laughs> you fucking piece of shit, run it up and down. <laughs> literally open the window himself so that way he can actually yell at the guy that reminds me of a bugs bunny cartoon i don't even know what to say about that I mean, I have, it's not something i'm proud of but uh with my temper in my younger days i am a veteran of that type of situation and if i yeah. got your door open I'm not bothering with the window. I'm going to scream or I'm going to get a hold of you. So that was uh, that was interesting. Again, it was one of those Bugs Bunny moments, in my opinion. So it was, was that was just that was just weird. I'm, <laughs> I'm dumbfounded. Seriously, it's like all right. I'm going to fuck you up right now. Hold on. Oh, I mean, God. I was waiting for it. The doors open. I'm like, oh, crap. Here we go. This is this is going off. And that's what I thought when I first saw it. And I was like, oh, that's nice. I was not prepared for the window rolled out. That was... Oh, my God. Now, this last video that I'm going to show you right now, this actually has to do with us millennials. Now, Gen Xers, Excuse like me. you are a millennial. I know. That's why I said us millennials. I, I'm no, not no, including I, you in this. I, you didn't let Gen me finish. X. You didn't let me finish. I'm like, now as for you Gen Xers, I, I'm Got talking it. to you, Jeremy, and the rest of you of you from your generation. Um, you might want to, you might relate to this a little bit. Uh, but the thing is, the reason why uh, millennials are called millennials is because I guess we were born between 81 and 92, 95, something like that. But we're still being kind of like married into Gen Z and that kind of annoys the hell out of us because we're nowhere near what Gen Z was like. So I'm not going to explain it, but this young lady explained it perfectly. Check it out. All right. I'm calling a meeting for millennials born from 1981 to 1992. Why are we fucking called millennials? We were the last generation to play outside. Okay. We still had bikes. We rode all over town. Our parents had no idea where we were. I mean, it wasn't as bad as having to put a commercial on to say, do you know where your children are at 10 o'clock at night? We still had to be home when the streetlights were on, okay? But they had no idea where the fuck we were all day long. I was raised by boomers. I didn't have participation trophies and shit. My parents were the ones that was like, oh, you fell down and your legs all messed up and you should probably go to the hospital. Put some dirt on it or walk that shit off. What? Okay, and then we get technology, right? I got a computer, Windows 98. No one knew how to use that shit. We were so used to playing outside and riding our bikes. That's what we kept doing until we like, we're getting closer to high school and we're like, oh, we can use AIM to communicate with each other. Cause I didn't even get a cell phone until I was in high school. And unlimited texting was not a thing. We had to pay 10 cents for everything. It's not like these kids nowadays that could just have a whole ass conversation. That's a luxury of life. If you went over the texting limit, you were fucked for the rest of the month. And I'm willing to bet that most millennials from that time era 
Your parents thought you were staying the night somewhere, but really you were drunk dying in a field. And if I have to hear one more Gen X say how lazy we are, calling off wasn't an option. That wasn't a thing. You got drunk. You stayed up until two hours before your shift. You made yourself throw up and then you went into work. Still drunk from the night before. It was fine. We all made it. Listen, I'm not saying that we deserve to be with Gen X because they clearly had it harder. But I just feel like we should be separated from the younger millennials because if you can't remember life without a computer, you are cut from a different cloth. And we had a completely different childhood. Don't group me in with them fucking people. Those are plain and simple facts right yeah. there. All the I, way. Can't argue with the thing she said. And the truth is, yeah, born in that really close era with Gen, you know, Gen Xers, it is. It's, it's, um, you know, we dealt with a lot of the same things. And where she classified it is probably the best way to classify it. If you can't remember living without a computer, you're, you're definitely cut from a different cloth. You are a different breed. And I'm not criticizing, it's just a different world. You know, it's it's we had to figure shit out. We didn't have every answer in the world at our fingertips. Uh, it's one of my favorite Ron White skits is he does a whole thing explaining libraries to, you know, younger millennials and Gen Zers. And it's just hysterical because like we had to go to libraries. A library is a place where they kept the knowledge. And he just goes through all this different, you know. It was. It was a tougher time in a lot of ways, but it was a funner time. We had a lot more freedom. You know this, man. You know, oh, yeah. we had a, we were allowed to be kids, which is something kids today don't get to do. You know, they they are dealing with a lot more pressures. It's they more are, dangerous now to be out, to be honest with you as it, kids. Well, it is. It's much more dangerous to be out. I mean, by the time my boys were, you know, older and old enough i mean we certainly didn't let them just take off wherever they wanted to go whenever they wanted to go like we did i mean as she said i i left every single day i wasn't going to school every weekend every summer i was out the door at eight nine o'clock in the morning you didn't see me until the street lights came on and that was fine i only got in trouble if i came back more than like a half hour after the street lights came on oh yeah 100 i mean it's so funny too because when she, when she was talking about computers, I remember the very first computer that my parents ever bought me was a Tandy 1000 uh-huh. <laughs> from Montgomery Ward. Yep. That was the first, and it was with the blue screen in the back. That was the very first computer my parents ever bought me. I hardly ever used that freaking thing. I rarely used it. Early, early on in Growing Pains, um, I think it was like second or third year. I wanted to buy a computer, knew nothing about computers. It was just the time they were coming about. This would have been, I mean, if I was 10 years old, it's around 86, 87. And we bought an Apple IIe. Mm, wow. And I had one game. And to Oregon tell Trail. you, to tell you kids what no was not Oregon Trail. Oh, okay. It was a fantasy thing. But again, there was no graphics. This was pre-Oregon Trail. There were no graphics. It was literally a, a text that came up asking questions and asking you to go to, you know, it was almost like a choose your own adventure type thing. But it was all mm -hmm. through text. We had no graphics at that point, unless you knew how to do it. Um, Damn. So, I mean, that was that's the truth. It was, it was a, a, a useless tool unless you were a computer person. So for the average Joe like me, I never did anything on it except type a school paper yeah. and play that little game. I mean, that yep. was the only thing I had. And then then I finally get this this Macintosh thing that had AOL and everything else right when AOL started. And they're like, oh, you can access libraries all over the world. All this stuff. You couldn't do shit on that thing. I remember that. If you were a computer nerd and i don't say that in a bad way just some of you really knew computers back then and that was not your average person then you could get more out of it so it was just a very different time it was but you know what it was a simpler time i like those times you know i i love those times i mean when to, before technology actually started taking over our lives it was a much simpler time uh it was safer uh as safe as it could be 
I mean, when she was talking about cell phones, I didn't even get my first cell phone until I graduated. Um, I had a, I had I had a flip phone actually, but that was only until like my last year as a senior in high school. And even then, it was just borrowed. My parents were like, "Do not call us because you'll go over the minutes," you know. Well, and, and then on top of that, I had a pager. I had Smartbeep. Do you remember Smartbeep? Oh, no. I'll I'll date myself even further. I didn't have even at the end of high school, a cell phone. I had a pager. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get my cell phone because it wasn't, you know, in the carry in your pocket, small size technology yet until I was after high school. Now, when we were doing growing pains, we had a cellular phone. This mm -hmm. thing came with a briefcase. <laughs> That too, essentially for use in your car, it was nothing to carry around with you, and it came with a briefcase that was hooked up to the phone that you had to hook up to an antenna and all this different stuff. So yeah, it was it was technology changed a lot for the better, but that simpler time was a lot easier to find enjoyment and happiness in. You didn't uh, rely. You didn't. Re you didn't. Re you weren't so reliant on it like we are now. We, no, it was, it was a luxury. Now we're definitely relying on it. Back then, it was kind of a luxury that, oh, it was nice to have when you needed it. The only reason my mom got that cellular thing was because we were in the car all the time going to auditions and doing all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. Well, we got we got a lot of chatter right now <laughs> regarding this particular subject. I'm glad I brought this up, actually. Uh, we got uh, JC saying, my first comp was a Mac Quadra 660. I Woo! still have today. So he still has it to this day. Wow, so, JC. That's impressive right there. Uh, Meg is actually, uh, she actually, is, you know, she said, I had a computer, but I do relate. I was always outside. She was actually born in 96. Uh, she's So she's pa a little past uh, the millennial era. She's like, I was born in 1996, but she can still relate. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we got, uh, we got Donald. Uh, yeah, Donald Blake. Uh, is uh, saying first computer I had was a Commodore 64, and my first cell phone was a bag phone. What the hell is a bag phone? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's talking about what I was what I was talking about. Oh, the same thing you were talking. About. I was like, what in the freaking <laughs> hell? Similar to that. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, Danny's actually agreeing. He says uh, technology indeed indeed has changed a lot for the better. Um, and he said, I, I remember, uh, he also commented, he says, I remember being on the internet as early as 93. I don't ever really remember being on there as early as 93. I remember being there as early as 90, I think it was like 94, 95 was the first time I actually got access to uh, the internet. And that was only because I was like, I'm not going to say what grade I was in because I'm going to age myself if I do. But I was in high school at the time. And I was taking a graphic arts class. And in our graphics car, a graphic arts class, we had to go ahead and use the internet to get a lot of graphic design ideas and things like that from the internet. So we had access to the internet in our classrooms. I never had it at home, though. Never. Mm -hmm. I never even had a computer at home until I think probably until probably my first or second year in college. That's when I finally like got a computer from because I had to. I, I needed a computer here at home. Mm -hmm. uh, for many reasons. So I buckled down and I finally got a, a desktop, like a, a Dell, I think it was. Um, so yeah, it's, it's crazy, man, how time has, has gone by, but I don't know. I, I miss those days. I really, really miss those days, man. Yeah, but, I miss a know. lot of what went on with it. So do I, so do I, but, uh, we got to go ahead and keep going, keep it going here, guys. Uh, and other, uh, outlandish crazy news. Uh, Jeremy, you have a poacher that gets caught. Well, we're a little light on the truly outlandish and weird news this week. Uh, but yeah, we have a poacher who shot a who shot an arrow. He arrowed him is what hunters call it. Arrowed a bull moose illegally in Colorado. And this idiot tried to remove the head. Couldn't do it. He was looking for trophies, which is despicable. Um, I have no issue with hunting. I'm a hunter myself. Sorry if that pisses some of you off. We can have a discussion about it. But no, we don't. No, we, don't. <laughs> no, we absolutely can. But it's doing it for just the trophy. What this guy did was absolutely despicable. And then because he couldn't remove the head, he just left the carcass there to rot, tried to oh, cover it up with leaves and branches, and probably would have gotten away with it, except trail hunters or um, other hunters in that area had set up trail cams 
so that they can watch the animals' movements and know which directions they're heading at which times of day. It helps with the hunt. And they actually were reviewing their footage and caught this guy, and they turned him into the Colorado wildlife um, officers. So hmm. they turned over all of the stuff. He was reported by fellow hunters. And these cops took two years for them to be able to track this guy down. They drove all the way multiple times, four and a half hours to Kansas, where he was supposedly residing, trying to serve warrants at different places. And they finally caught him. So this guy could have gotten away with it, except for there were some ethical hunters, which I got to tell you, most hunters are ethical hunters. Most hunters want to preserve these animals. They want to preserve them for the generations to come so that their kids and their grandkids and everybody after can still enjoy seeing, interacting, and hunting these animals so that they can enjoy the meat, enjoy, you know, some of the healthiest fresh meat you're ever going to get. Um so anyway, it was just a, a sheer chance of coincidence that hunters had set up trail cams in this area. And thankfully, they were ethical and responsible hunters, and they turned this guy in immediately. So he's facing, he's facing two felonies and multiple misdemeanors Good. and will probably never be able to hunt again because it only takes 20 points, negative points for infractions to get your hunting privileges revoked. This guy was given an, he, a negative 45. For oh, man. This he's ne yeah, he's never coming back. <laughs> so <laughs> he may he's never, never be back. able to hunt again. And uh, yeah, he's, he's basically a scumbag. To take an animal's life like that just for the trophy yeah. and then to leave it there to rot is, is absolutely despicable in every single way. And JC actually agrees with you. Uh, hunting for sport is one thing. Doing it for trophy body parts like horns and such is despicable. And real quick, happy birthday, JC. He's been telling me that he just turned your age yesterday, Jeremy. JC, congrats, man. Happy birthday. That's awesome. So many happy returns there. Welcome uh, to the old man club. <laughs> <laughs> it's only downhill from here. Um <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Uh, in other news, uh, there's a new TikTok trend going on right now. Um, in uh, in uh, oh, something's wrong with my. Oh, that's weird. Something's going on with this with the ticker. Is it, is it just just me on my end, or is I'm it your... seeing it fine. It's rolling. It is okay. That was weird for on my end. It's like it's 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 a strange what's going on. Whatever. Anyways, uh, so there's a new TikTok trend going on right now, which is very very like weird. Uh, many TikTokers, many streamers are actually uh, they're actually doing something called AI NPC. Now, what this means is that most like most streamers are actually on the stream, and they're moving like this. And then every time they get gifted something, they're like, mm, ice cream, yum, yum, yum. Ooh, rose for the homies. And they do this shit, dude. They literally do this. You know how much these guys are making per stream? $2,000 per stream. I mean, this is where, this is where our, our, our future is going. Our future is going to, like, you played Cyberpunk 2077. That's where we're going. We're headed that way. Yeah, like we are. And it's it's absolutely frightening. I mean, people, especially streamers, influencers, people like that, they're going to do whatever they're going to do for their money because they don't care. But the fact is, all you're doing is helping promote more AI. You're helping to make it more popular, which is going to make people want to use it more, which is going to lead to society's downfall in my opinion and i'm not just talking about the whole terminator thing and the machines taking over the world i'm talking about them costing people jobs costing entertainers performers content creators you know so but you know most influencers most uh streamers they're not thinking about the big picture they're thinking about their wallet oh yeah and danny you're to answer your question uh yes 2000 just for that just for that uh, it's insane. And actually even more, uh, the, the average from what a lot of these TikTokers have estimated is that most of these TikTokers, they're making close to 10,000 a week doing these streams mm -hmm. and doing exactly the, that type of stream, doing the whole, mm, yum, 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 yum. Ooh, a rose, a, 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 a rose. They're like Max Hedron. Okay. That they're literally becoming Max Hedron 
on TikTok. It's I see what they're doing a little bit. I mean, the AI part of it bothers me, but NPCs with non-playable characters in video games, it's actually really popular right now. There are a couple of Viva La Dirt League and some other streamers are doing video game parodies, basically, where they actually give characteristics and backstories to non-player characters and then do skits based around it. And it's all extremely funny. So it's probably a offshoot of that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I just, this is just the the death beetle of our of our society <laughs> oh yeah most definitely we got some entertainment news for you guys coming up next but first we have a word from uh, one of our sponsors we'll be right back guys everyone thinks because you're a zombie you don't know good coffee well they're wrong there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval deadly grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure the aroma is so intoxicating it brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Don't you just don't you just hate rude zombies? I hate rude zombies. Rude zombies are obnoxious. They just never know when to, you know. Use the front door. Use the front. Well, <laughs> use the front door. They never know when to just leave you alone and give you your space. I'm saying. I mean, come on. Someone teased us. So, so who who taught these zombies? I mean, come on. Who were their parents? Let's let's talk about that. Anyways, going on. Moving on to some entertainment news. Hello, Cool J basically tells Miranda Lambert to quote get over it. Uh, obviously, a lot of you may have heard that Miranda Lambert got a little bit angry at fans because uh, they were taking selfies at in the middle of her concert. And um, I mean, one person that sided with Miranda was Whoopi Goldberg. She was on The View and she got so upset she walked out of The View uh, during the, the filming of it, which to me is just overdramatic in my opinion. Excuse me. And I just... You know, it's unprofessional to me to just walk out over a subject like this. Well, you, like, you have to realize that that's part of the view. It's the it drama. Is, it is over drama. It is. That's part of the view. That's what it is. I mean, each each host on there has walked off the set irate so many times. It's just not even it's not even news anymore that they're doing it. It's 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 almost contrived now, you know. But no, I think Miranda really does. Need, I agree with LL. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry people are taking selfies at your show. I'm sorry your ego is so much that you can't handle people not, you know, praising you and worshiping everything you do the whole time. They paid their money. They paid you their tickets. What's your damn problem? They want to take a selfie at your concert. Get okay. over it. They paid no. their money for the ticket. They can do whatever the hell they want as long as they are not disrupting the show. And they're not. Taking a selfie is not disrupting anything. And she's a performer. She ought to know better than that. People are going to do what they're going to do. You need to get up there and do your damn job. Agreed. Uh, quick side note, Jeremy. Somebody uh, was asking, what were you drinking, actually, out of your glass? Because they, they said that right before commercial, they could have sworn you were taking a sip of champagne. And, you know, because you're in recovery, they're afraid that you might be doing that. <laughs> Big glass of water, guys. Big glass of water. <laughs> it's always iced tea, water, or coffee. <laughs> Yeah, so don't worry. He's not he's not drinking anything, anything alcoholic, guys. Well, but we appreciate not only that, but I, I appreciate the concern. And part of it is, I mean, beyond that, I don't drink my I try not to drink my calories anymore, just trying to stay as healthy as I can. So iced tea, water, coffee, it's about all I drink. Not only that, uh Joni, uh his fiance's on the stream and she's watching, and we're all watching so, because and Jeremy would be I was dead. if I was drink yeah, if I was drinking, believe me, you guys would see a murder on 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 air live. So. All of a sudden, all of a sudden the stream would just go black. I'm like, oh well, that's our show. <laughs> Indefinitely. <laughs> Time to find a new host. <laughs> but anyways, getting back to the topic at hand. Yeah, no, uh basically I, I agree with you 110%. And El Kojay also did as well he went ahead and said that pretty much had the same sentiment you did jeremy uh he went ahead and said uh quote miranda get over it your job as an artist is to create art the way people choose to interact with that art or engage it or appreciate it is up to them these people work hard to go to your concert so you can get paid 
at your concert the fact yep. of the matter that you get pissed off because they're taking selfies okay let's look at it this way that to me sounds more of a spoiled brat that wants all the attention for herself <laughs> and nobody else get the f over it i mean honestly that's the dumbest thing you could actually ever complain to and and whoopi was like well those people were just being disrespectful um first of all these people bought tickets mm-hmm. to go watch a show that is respect as it is right there they didn't go i mean it'd be different if all of a sudden they would go they wouldn't pay at all for anything and want to get a free ticket you know just because they want to that to me is disrespectful but they paid to go watch miranda lambert perform mm-hmm. Not to get berated by her, but to perform as a performer should. So, the, I mean, it was just dumb for her to get all bent out of shape. And it was unprofessional for Whoopi to get all bent out of shape and walk out of her post at The View. I mean, it's... it's I agree. I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not real bothered by the her walking out thing because it's just become such a big part of their show now. Um you know, it gets people talking like this and it ends up being a, a story on the newsfeed every single time. Joy Behar stormed off the set. Whoopi Goldberg stormed off the set. You know, who cares? Seriously. They're always storming you know, off the set all the time. They're all <laughs> literally become part of the show. But, you know, I, I do I agree with people sitting there taking the selfies? I wouldn't do it. That's I mean, I'd take a selfie before the show. If I paid money for tickets, I'm going to want to watch the show. That's that's me. I'm going to be paying attention. I want to watch the show, but you paid your money for the ticket. If you want to take selfies during the show, you know, turn your back so you can get the stage behind you, whatever it is, it's your money. You spent it. Enjoy the show however you want, as long as you're not, you know, disrupting it for other people, which they're not by doing that. And they're not causing chaos. It's, It's ridiculous that Miranda Lambert, you know, blew up over this. No, that and and the other thing too that I also noticed was the fact of the matter that um that the way the selfie was taken and I kind of saw that was the women did it so that Miranda could kind of be in the selfie in the background. There's like a little gap between the between them. And right there in that little gap, you could see Miranda in the background. So I think they did it for that purpose of to make it seem like she was taking a picture with them. And for that, you know, it's like, that was a pretty cool thing. And not only that, selfies don't take that long. They take maybe a couple of minutes, you know, to take. And then you go right back to watching the show. It's not disrespectful. A couple of you just minutes. Want everybody what, kind of, you... what kind of selfies are you taking? Oh, there you go. 20 seconds. Turn around. Make sure it's the shot you well, want. Take the picture. Well, well you, know how, you, you know how some people at concerts are. They want to get the right angle. They want to make sure that, they, that they're postured right, they're right. Their side is good. The light's good. A lot of people go ahead and do all that. And me? Only me? Okay. Anyways, move on to something else. <laughs> Uh, okay well then i'm embarrassed um anyways <laughs> bottom line here is that miranda lambert was on the wrong in my opinion and in your opinion, opinion Jeremy, too absolutely for, i think she was to, yeah i, I think she's very much in the wrong you know it's you don't stop a concert and berate fans for doing something that is not disrupting the show okay it's ridiculous I mean, she she's lucky she's not like these other performers that, you know, get stuff thrown at them at shows. Well, yeah, exactly. So that's no, it's a non-story to me and that it's just a dumb move on her part. And I don't agree with it at all. It was incredibly unprofessional on her part. And unfortunately, you know, selfies and Instagram and all this other stuff. This is the world we live in. If you're a performer, you're dealing with this plain and simple. They paid money. They're paying your salary by buying your money, by buying your music, and by coming to your concerts and buying tickets. How dare you? Without fans, y'all ain't shit. Exactly. That's the bottom line. That is the bottom line right there. In other entertainment news, John Stamos, almost not Uncle Jesse. What? So, yeah, we have a very interesting uh, interview that John Stamos gave, and there is some backstory behind it, so don't go crazy at first. But at the very first table read for Full House, when uh, Jody Sweeten began reading her lines, literally everybody there, producers, writers, anybody who was around, were laughing so hysterically that 
John Stamos, you couldn't hear him delivering his lines in response. You couldn't hear the other actors. And he realized that, wow, the kids are going to be the, the real star of this show and was just kind of infuriated and got on the phone with his agent and said, get this is his quote. He said, get me the fuck off this show. Now, wow. here's the reasoning. Here's the reasoning. This was not just him being a diva. This was not anything like that. The show was pitched to him as more of a bosom buddies type show. Yeah, I, I remember that. Our young, I don't know if our younger generation remembers bosom buddies. It's a great show with Tom Hanks. And oh, my God, I'm going to blank on the other actor's name at the moment. But it was a great show. And it was a buddy comedy. I almost um, said Rick Moranis for some reason. Well, he does look a little like him. He but does, it's, not. it's not him. Um, I forgot his name, though. But anyway, um, it was pitched to him as more of a bosom buddies type show with a couple of kids, you know, in the background. And that was the kind of show he wanted to do. He wasn't gearing up to do some big family show where he was more of a sidekick. Um, that's leave not it, how leave, the leave, show was sold leave, to him. Leave it to JC to come in, come in for the clutch right there. Peter Scolari. Peter Scolari. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, JC, I love you. <laughs> JC coming in with the clutch. <laughs> that was going to bug me completely. But anyway, so it took him a while. He said he really had to fight his dislike of what they were doing. And he said it took him a while before he really realized that, man, this is something special we're creating here. There is no star of the show. Mm -hmm. It is a family show where the love and the camaraderie is the star. But it took him a long while to get there because, and I've been in this position as an actor where a project is sold to you a certain way and all of a sudden you get there and you realize, this is not what I signed on for. And as an actor, that can really piss you off. So I, I feel for how John was feeling at that time. But you know, he acknowledges that he is incredibly lucky to have been uncle jesse and be a part of the show but it took him he said almost the entire first season and into the second season before he really got over his dislike of what they were doing at the time wow that's so, insane though could you have imagined full house without john stamos no it's it's inconceivable to me i mean there were a lot of cool guys maybe they could have put in but man john is 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 certainly a, a unique personality i've known john stamos for a very very long time i love the guy um but i i, I can't imagine the show without him and i don't think anybody else could either I mean, I could have imagined Growing Pains without you, but I mean, not Full House without John Stamos. Well, that's just your wishful thinking. <laughs> it never came true. <laughs> <laughs> that's so crazy, though. I mean, and it's funny because, uh, and JC actually mentioned this as well, that Saget wasn't actually the first Danny Tanner. And I've seen footage about this, too. I've seen footage uh, like of a pilot where uh it was uh, it was another guy that was playing uh that was playing Danny Tanner uh it originally it was it was another it was another actor completely and i think this was during this was uh, i think maybe behind uh behind the shows or behind the scenes something like that i don't know something like that and uh they talked to the guy that was supposed to play Danny Tanner and i looked and i was like nah they went the right direction with with Bob Saget cuz well, honestly it's just it's i i can't see the show with this guy this is a lot more common than you would expect. I've talked about this many, many times. Um, it happened on our show. Tracy Gold was not the original Carol. It was a actor named Elizabeth Ward and an actress named Elizabeth Ward who did the pilot of Growing Pains. We shot the entire pilot with her and the test groups just didn't respond very well to her. Um, they thought she didn't meld well with the rest of the family. She seemed like, you know, kind of the odd one out. It didn't really fit. And then there were also some conflicts with, I think her brother was moving back to New York and her, with her family because he was a big actor as well. Um, so it was just, this happens more often than you would think. And truthfully, it happens for the better most of the time. Uh, when you look at these original pilots and things that were shot with other actors you can kind of see what they were thinking and you like you said you look at this and you go i couldn't see him playing this role they they, they definitely made the right choice um and it was the same thing with elizabeth is nothing against her but there was something 
when you look back that didn't quite fit that Tracy was able to bring to uh, the show. And not only that, I mean, and it's so crazy because I was actually, uh, you know, going through TikTok. They've actually found pilot episodes of Three's Company without the original Janet and Chrissy. And Jack's name originally was supposed to be David, not Jack. And, and, and he wasn't even supposed to be a chef. He was supposed to be a photographer. I cannot, I cannot imagine that show without Joyce DeWitt and Suzanne Summers. Yeah. I, I, the, two, I can't. the two other actresses that they had, nothing like Joyce DeWitt or Suzanne Summers. And I'm like, you know what? You guys made the right casting call. Mm-hmm. Like I said, nine times out of ten, when you see those original, if if you get a chance to see the original screen tests or the pilot or any of those things, you can really see why the producers made the choice that they did to go on to another um, actor or actress. And it's not a criticism of the other person. It's usually it's not their talent. It's that they something about their personality or whatever it is doesn't fit. Is something intangible. And when you look back, you can see why they made the move. And it, to be honest with you, the other two actresses, I saw the pilot because there's like on, on TikTok, they, you have the ability to have at least like a 10 minute worth of worth of uh, footage on TikTok. And I watched the full 10 minutes of the pilot episode with these two other actresses, no chemistry whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, as a, as a director, as a producer, I would have said the same thing. Like, you know what? These girls aren't going to work out. There's no you, chemistry. There's no comedic effect. There's there's no snap. There's, there's something missing here. Well, you hit yeah. the nail on the head. That intangible I was talking about really is the chemistry. And that's what seems to come through. It's not so much a talent issue, but the chemistry with the other cast and crew, you know, and that kind of thing. You can see it. It comes through on the screen. Oh, I completely agree. And <laughs> no teddy i'm still awake <laughs> teddy's like dave, dave fell asleep no i was actually like uh, i got a message real quick that i had to respond to half the time that jeremy talks i don't really don't pay attention anyway so <laughs> like our normal conversations <laughs> oh my god uh also teddy's coming to your defense saying jeremy was growing pains <laughs> thank you teddy love you man <laughs> Oh, my God. And you know what, Danny? You made another good point right there. Uh, basically, it's like growing pains not ha- without Alan Thicke. Inconceivable. Exactly. It's just it's it's absolutely inconceivable. And again, this is, you know, this is why producers do and directors do what they do. I mean, they they do have a lot of control over this kind of thing. And these are important decisions to make. Chemistry on screen is insanely important. Agreed. Agreed. So, but it's still, it's still crazy. Like the what ifs of, of, of the industry, the what ifs of the entertainment industry. What if this person didn't play that part? What if another person played that part? You know, I mean, there was another, there was another a movie, a big movie actually that came out that was supposed to start. God, if I, if I remember it, I'll, I'll talk about it next episode uh, of the podcast, but there was another movie that, Oh, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, the original, they originally had wanted Tom Selleck to play Indiana Jones instead of Harrison Ford. I mean, don't get me wrong. Tom Selleck, incredible actor. I mean, and I think he would have made a great Indiana Jones, but I think they went the right direction with Harrison Ford. He just, he brought it. He brought it. I mean, I, as much as I love Tom Selleck, I think his personality would have changed what Indiana Jones. I don't think it would have been what it is. I'm not saying it couldn't have been good because Tom is incredibly talented. But if you look at Magnum PI, which was a character, but still that sort of vibe that he had at that time, mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't know how well it would have worked. But and it, and it, the vibe that he has is very mellow. It's a very mellow guy, you know, very very sullen to a certain extent, and that's just not Indiana Jones. Because Indiana yep. Jones has to be consistently like, holy crap, I'm about, I'm getting attacked here. I'm getting my ass kicked here. You know, he's got to be always on his toes. And Selleck was more of a mellow, like, eh, no worries, we'll get there. <laughs> you know, yep. like, that type of attitude. So, but yeah, also the, the what ifs and the what ifs of life. I can't, I can't even with that one. In other entertainment news, 
Lana Del Rey seen at a working at a Waffle House. Now there have been reports, and to, like right now, nothing has been reported as to why the musical artist is working at a Waffle House somewhere, I believe, in Kentucky. I think it was. Um, from reading this, uh, actually, no, I'm sorry, it's in Alabama. She's working at a Waffle House in Alabama, and nobody really understands or knows why she's working at a Waffle House in Alabama. I mean, obviously, she. I'm assuming that she's made a success in her singing career that she doesn't necessarily need to be working at a Waffle House. And according to sources, uh, they're saying that they've contacted their uh, Lana's representatives and people that uh, they, they asked them, is she working on a new album? Maybe that has to do with the Waffle House because they all know that Joe Jonas paid homage to the Waffle House in one of his, uh, one of his albums and one of his songs uh, recently. So they're thinking she might be doing the same thing. So far, the studios are denying anything that there's any new album coming out. So now the mystery is, what the hell is she doing working at a Waffle House? I have a different take on this. My take is, it's none of anybody's fucking business why she's working at a Waffle House. Plain and simple. It's nobody's damn business. She could be having financial troubles. Yeah. She could just love the Waffle House. I love the Waffle House. Okay. I don't have them out here. We don't have them in California. I got to go to Arizona to get my Waffle House fix. That's the closest place I can go. Um, I would, I would take a shift in the Waffle House just for the fun of it. Um, but truthfully, it's nobody's effing business. Okay. As an actor who knows lots of actors as well as myself, who's had to work, you know, lots of different jobs some of them would be considered menial jobs while times were tough uh, it's nobody's effing business plain and simple if, if she is struggling and needs to get some extra money if she has a friend she was helping out if she was just there because she loves the day it's nobody's damn business why the only reason why i would want to know is for the plain and simple fact that if she got screwed over in the music industry, which many artists have gotten screwed over with royalties, with contracts, etc. I would like for her to have made that public so there could be an investigation. So there could be some sort of advocacy for a lot of these artists that are rising in the in the in the in in the realms of the music industry. It's and possible. If, if she's working at a Waffle House, that's not that would be my only question. Did you get screwed over? And why? How did this happen to you? Because if you remember correctly, a few years back uh, when TLC won their Grammys, they went public and they said, we don't see a dime of this. Mm -hmm. Like, we may have won these Grammys. All of you are buying our stuff, but we see peanuts mm -hmm. from all this stuff that you guys that you guys buy. We see nothing. And they went public after they won the Grammys in a press conference. So that 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 comes up with the question, what's going on? Why? You know, that's the only reason why I would want to know. It's for no, that and reason. I, and I can see that point. But, and the other part of that is you stated, you know, you think she's doing pretty well with her music. She probably doesn't need to do this. You just never know, man. Jessica Simpson just gave a whole interview about how she's basically broke. Mm, she's sure. had to borrow, she's had to borrow money from her mother recently. She's had to, because all her, not her singing career and her music stuff, her outside businesses that were going and were doing things all basically tanked through nothing she did, but bad, bad business decisions by partners, things that just went wrong, bad circumstances, but she had, you know, spending habits that were, you know, she was well off and bought the best of everything and never really thought about her spending. And now all of a sudden everything's come crashing down on her and she's really struggling financially. So you never know what people are dealing with. And if they choose to keep that part of it quiet, that's on them, man. Well, I mean, I guess uh, you know how how these how these uh, vultures in in paparazzi eventually find out the reason why. So we'll just go ahead and wait to see one one of these guys uh, find out what's really going on. Uh, Danny actually has something to say. He says a lot of people think once you're a famous actor, you're financially set for the rest of your life. More often than not, it's inaccurate. Yep, Danny, you are dead on. I mean, I've I've said this before. I know, and I'm not joking. I know personally and they're not like best friends i talk all the time to but i know personally two academy award winning actors who can't get a job 
who haven't worked in over five years. Yep. I remember you told me that you said that last episode. I remember okay. that. That's, that's insane. These are people who reached the absolute pinnacle of their profession and can't get hired. So, and it's not because they did something wrong. It's literally just the nature of the business. So, you know, the, your the general public thinks, you know, once you're a celebrity, everything's, you know, made in the shade for you. And it's, it's just not the truth. No. And that's, and that's a fact. JC went ahead and said as well, people uh, go after her about Waffle House like they did for Dylan Sprouts when he was working in a restaurant after his Disney days, claiming he'd gone through all his Disney money when, in fact, uh, he was researching the industry for an outside entertainment venture. Now, there's all sorts of different reasons, and you never know. I mean, look at, I could, again, can't remember his name, but the actor who played Denise's boyfriend I was on Cosby Show. He had hit hard times and was yep. working at Trader Joe's, and they, people tried to humiliate him online and ridicule him. And, you know, it's absolutely, in, it's, it's despicable that people would do that. This was a man working hard to take care of himself and his family, you know, and, and people are going to call him out for having a normal job. You know, many, many actors, many, many performers end up having to take normal jobs. There are many musicians who made it, who are now working cruise ship gigs and things like that just so they can survive. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And it just, it's that we actually talked about that too on one of our episodes. I remember we talked about that as well, how they, how mm -hmm. they were how so many people were talking so much smack about the guy and i'm like dude that's not, at least and remember what you said at least he's not out you know doing something unethical or illegal at least he's mm -hmm. trying to make an honest living exactly. you know i mean that's just the way it goes sometimes so but anyways we got some sports coming for you but first we got to go ahead and take a break we'll be right back after this listening to stuff has never been so enjoyable if you had the misfortune to have been born after 1990, then you missed out on a lot of cool stuff. Then His Now Podcast is here to remedy that. Join Rigor and his dedicated band of rotating hosts as they tackle pop culture of the past and how it relates today. From celebrity interviews to film and TV discussion and beyond, Then His Now Podcast brings you up to speed on all the cool stuff that you should know about. Plus, the East meets the West. If you enjoy movies that have lots of shooting and fighting, then there's a whole world of films out there that you don't even know about. Join our hosts on a journey as they discuss the amazing kung fu films of the Shaw Brothers and Western films made in Italy that have become known as Spaghetti Westerns. Action, adventure, kung fu fighting, both shows and more can be found at havenpodcasts.com. Warning may cause nostalgic feelings and eliminate boredom. We're back, and uh, we got some sports news for everybody today, including... Uh, <laughs> oh, you told me about this right before we started the show. Uh, Mariner player is out for the season. <laughs> Please tell them what happened. <laughs> so we're not sure if he's out for the season. He's out indefinitely at this point. Oh but um, Seattle Mariners player Jared uh, Kellenick who is actually having a very good year for them. Um, I think his slash line, he's batting 252, 320 on, uh, on base percentage and a 439 slugging percentage. If you know your baseball stats, that's a solid season for, you yeah. know, a, a non-superstar guy. That's a really good season. And it's one of, you know, he's really starting to excel with this team. And he, <laughs> after a nine pitch at bat, which generally, if you know anything about baseball, the more pitches you see from a pitcher, the more you can just keep fouling stuff off. Usually that goes in the batter's favor. By the mm -hmm. time you get to the ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th pitch, usually that goes in the, in, the, in the batter's favor. And unfortunately, this guy struck out with guys on and a chance to tie up the game. And he got so upset that going back into the dugout, he kicked the water cooler and broke his damn foot. <laughs> oh, my God. So he is now out indefinitely. They don't even know if he'll be able to play again this season. Oh, my God. Now, we've seen this before. We've seen this before. Um, Aaron Rodgers did it once. Uh, yeah. One of the Jets quarterbacks did it once. You know, go, getting pissed off about something, going back into the locker room and punching a wall. You know, the, things like this. I understand that sports are, you are passionate. And the greatest players are passionate. It is their very life. competitive. 
but you got to control that crap, man. I mean, this guy, and I'll say, he knows what he did. He gave an interview. He manned up and gave an interview in the dugout the next day. And he's in a walking boot. He will not be playing for a while, but he was in tears. He said, I let my emotions get the best of me and I let my teammates down. And I cannot tell you how, so, I mean, he was, he was in tears um, because he knows he effed up. I mean, plain and simple. That is, I mean, the, the Mariners are actually having a half decent season, you know, and he was doing really well and his team needed him there to continue the production he was doing and and he's gone. They have no idea when they'll get him back and his teammates are now basically screwed. They got to try and find somebody else to bring up to fill his slot. So thankfully he at least knows that it was a moronic move. He feels horrible about it. He knows he let his team and his teammates down, but you know, we've seen this too many times before. And as I said, I'm a hothead. I am an absolute hothead. I don't know how many, I mean, this is just high school tennis and, you know, things like that. I was a hothead. If I, I don't know how many tennis rackets I broke, but I didn't kick the damn pole or slam my, I didn't do anything that would injure me. I still had the smarts to, to not damage my body in my tantrum. Basically. I just, I just have one serious question to ask. I mean, I need to ask this. Do you know, if by any chance the cooler sustained any damage. <laughs> I, I saw the photos. Nope. The cooler just got knocked off its thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the worst. I mean, this that's one's almost as good as I think about 10 years ago. The one of the baseball players <laughs> uh, might've even been longer. might've been Albert Bell back in the Cleveland days, but he got so pissed off after striking out with all these men on that he walked back in and he used the bat to beat oh the water cooler and the thing <laughs> shattered and went back in his face and like cut him horribly. Oh my God. And I the water swear. cooler was fine. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. You know, it just, it reminds me when I was a kid, my dad, I swear, my dad, my dear, dear dad. When I was a kid, every time I would stub my toe on a chair my dad would come running when I'm like, ah, like screaming as a kid, I'm crying or whatever. He's like, he's like, oh my God, oh my God. He goes to the chair. I was like, dude, don't damage it. This is expensive furniture here, okay? And I'm like, I hate you so much. I'd start laughing, but in pain at the same time. He would yeah. do that to make me laugh, to make me forget about the pain. He did it on purpose. But every time I'm like, I hate you. I hate you so much. So, so I got him back though couple of times a couple of times my dad was like ow i was like hold on i was like dad you're gonna damage you're gonna damage the chair dad come on he's always he'd always just look up at me like nice good one <laughs> he's like now i gotta get it back i get it oh lord anyways well i guess that's gonna be it for, for that one i mean we'll see what happens if he comes back uh derek is in uh is is, is on the feed right now he's basically saying they need to have one of the punching clowns available to anger out on. What a great idea, Derek. That's exactly what they should have, you know, uh, something along those lines so that they can vent if they need to. I'm not sure where you'd put it in a dugout, but maybe put it in the 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 tunnel that leads out to the dugout from the, the you know, locker room or something. That's really? actually a really smart idea. Hey, that or why don't just have like a punching bag or something like that? They could go oh, ahead. You'll, and you'll break your hand on a punching bag unless you're wrapped up. You can oh, break true, something yeah. on a punching bag really easily too. Yeah, so. That's true. I've only I, I have a punching bag, but I've only hit it a couple of times bare knuckled, and that shit hurts. Oh <laughs> yeah. No, no, hurt. man, when I was, I mean, I had a punching bag. It's how I took out my frustrations when I was dealing with uh, all the abuse from my stepfather when I was young, and I rarely wrapped up back then. I'd break my hand regularly. Cause I mean, I was just so furious. I didn't have yeah. time to put, you know, put my wraps on, put my gloves on, do all, I just go out there and just start pounding. I don't know how many times I broke my hand. So mm -hmm. you yeah, know, you can do it just as easily on a heavy bag, but the punching clown or something along those lines would be an absolutely brilliant idea. Well, we'll see if, uh, if that player is out for the season or uh, just out for a few months. <laughs> we'll keep you posted on that in other news about uh, players. Just what the hell is going on with these guys? Uh, new Vikings receiver in trouble already, and the season hasn't even freaking started yet. Yeah. So I, this one hurts. My boy Jordan Addison, USC <laughs> receiver, Had to be acting USC. like a dumbass already. Well, that hasn't doesn't even, surprise me. He's from USC. Hasn't he? 
don't even get me started. I'll just run down the name of morons out of both of your schools. Whatever. Um, We're not talking. Why well, you got to bring a bullshit for him? <laughs> but he hasn't even reported to training camp. Training camp for rookies starts on like Tuesday of next week. And he was just cited and I believe arrested for driving his Ferrari 140 plus miles an hour in oh. a 50 mile an hour zone somewhere oh, in felony. Minnesota. That's a so, felony. Well, at least so that's in a Minnesota, felony. it's not a felony. In Minnesota, in Minnesota, it's not a felony. He may be may have his license suspended for up to six months, and there could be some jail time coming with it. So the Vikings have said that they are aware of the occurrence. They are monitoring the situation, but this could set him back. He already missed the voluntary training camps earlier, dealing with a injury from the college season he's only just now gotten healthy and he was slated to be their number two or number three receiver this year that's that's the plans they had for him if he misses training camp he can't get in there with the quarterback and start working some you know chemistry and stuff he may have just screwed his entire rookie season oh my god i swear those USC guys, they just don't know any better. Anyways, that's the news in case you haven't heard it. I love you. <laughs> Swallow it. Swallow it. Cut to 10. That's the news in case you haven't heard it. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Navarro Miller Report. <laughs> I'm Jeremy Miller. And uh, yeah, go back to Fuckla, you pain in the ass. <laughs> And I'm Dave Navarro. Thanks so much for joining us, you guys. I'm sorry. That was just too damn funny. Don't forget to join us every Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. so you can witness the abuse um, right here on all major streaming platforms. Uh, we are now on Pandora, so you can listen to us on Pandora tomorrow at noon. And as always, I invite you guys to check me out every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday on the ride home with Dave Navarro uh, from 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. on Dead Dork Radio. Uh, the link is in my bio if you're following me. Uh, so go ahead and check me out. If you have any song requests or any shout-out requests, let me know. I'll play it for you on the air. Not a problem. But for right now, I just want to wish everybody a great weekend, and we will see you all next time. Take care, everybody. You have been listening to the Navarro Miller Report. This episode of the Navarro Miller Report was brought to you by the Dorkening Podcast Network and sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee.